Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful and grateful for a wonderful opportunity to come before you, Lord, to hear your word. Spirit of God, we appreciate you. We thank you. Take control. Seize the atmosphere and change us. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus, please. And you may be seated. You may be seated. We are continuing our message on how to, how you can preach salvation. How you can preach salvation. This is, we are still in our month of feeding 527. The month where we feed from one of the books that our father, our founder, our prophet has written. Anointed pastor of God, anointed man of God, anointed gifted pastor and by the way i want to um, before we continue i want to encourage all of you every single member of this church to listen to the last camp meeting the um, mountain of the lord with um, the first love church listen to that message is i look at it and i said it's not for it's not young people's message i thought it was It's loaded. Um, It's a message that can transform your life. Anyone that listens to it, it will transform your life. And I want you to really listen to it. Really listen to it. And it will change you. It will bless you mightily. And if you are here, you are in this church, you don't have the podcast. You don't have the bishop's podcast. Even though you are visiting us today, even today is the first day you are visiting us, I will encourage you to have the podcast. And if there's anyone here who does not have the podcast, at the end of the service, please see Pastor Chiani, and he will help download. We don't have time. I was going to give a podcast time right now for us to help everyone to download a podcast. And once you start listening to it, you will not put it down. Do you understand? You will not stop listening. And Bishop was talking about the people who start listening and they stop. It's not a good thing. So those of you who have it and you have stopped listening, you have to be careful. Okay? You are allowing the enemy to get you. But we want to continue our message on how you can preach salvation. And we are at um, the message, the salvation and the love of God. Salvation and the love of God. And today we want to talk about the message on the prodigal son. The prodigal son. The salvation message. That how you can preach the salvation message from the story of, of the prodigal son. Amen. Now, I want you to listen to this very carefully. I want you to listen to this very carefully because I have realized that this, though we are talking about how you can preach salvation, you know, 
our minds are all on how we can share the gospel with unbelievers. How we can share the gospel with unbelievers. But the, the story about the prodigal son is not only a message for unbelievers. Do you understand? It's not a message to how to unbelievers, you can preach to unbelievers to be saved, like sinners in the world to be saved. But it is for it is a message for both unbelievers and believers. It's a message, the salvation message for Christians or so-called Christians as well. Do you understand? So let us read the story first. And the story is taken from Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. And it says, Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Luke 15 and verse 11. It says, and he said, a certain man do you have the Bible? See, I want us to read so everyone knows that we are reading the Bible. Okay? That we are reading the Bible. We are reading a scripture in the Bible, Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Anyway, everyone should turn to their Bibles and read. Some of you have stopped bringing your Bible. And some of you don't even take your Bible from your bag. Wow, what a shock. Do you write notes when you are in church? You take notes. Please, don't sit Otherwise, you'll fall asleep. Oh, I'm telling you. If you are not deeply involved, there's listening. And we are going to also share one day from Bishop's message. A way of listening. Do you understand? And you have to. Don't be ordinary. In, don't be a casual listener enjoying stories. But listen with an intent to change. Okay. As they are very good. They have it now. So, we all know that what you are looking in your Bible is what is also being read. And he said, Luke 15 and verse 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country And he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when, his, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, 
and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Hallelujah. Here ends the reading of the word of God. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful story? Here is the father's house and he has two sons. Two sons. And we want to learn from this story how we can preach salvation. This book is loaded with salvation messages. And we are taking all of these messages to dissect them as the book has done for us and reading them and seeing how we can share the salvation message through these stories. Amen. So number one, first point, it says this world contains two types of children. Obedient children and rebellious children. As we read, it said in 15 verse 11, it says a certain man had two sons. A certain man had two sons. Amen. It says in every in 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 this world we have two types of people. He said there is both good and bad in everyone. There are two types of children. Two types of children. Hallelujah. And he says not everybody is all good and not everyone is all bad. Not everyone is all good and not everyone is all bad. Not everyone is going to heaven and neither is everybody going to hell. Do you understand? Not everyone is going to heaven and neither is everyone going to hell. Hallelujah. You see, you cannot assume that because we are all in church, we are all Christians. You see, the home of the father in this story, see, this is why I'm saying that this story is not salvation message only to people in the world, unbelievers. But it is because the son, he went into the world. Isn't that so? And for that, we can preach salvation message to him through the story. Um, we can preach salvation message to anyone that is in the world. But there was also a son who is in the house. Do you see? So I am saying that this is not a story or it's not a message only for unbelievers. Or it's not a salvation message only for unbelievers. The home of the father, the home of the father, this particular story, represents the house of God. The father's house represents the house of God. And the two sons, the two sons in the father's house, represent two types of people who are in every church. In every church, there are two types of people. The obedient and the rebellious. The ones who are obedient and the ones who are rebellious. In every church. In every church. But are we not all called Christians? We are all called Christians. So we cannot assume, we cannot make an assumption that because we are all in the father's house, we are all Christians. 
and that we are all going to heaven. Eddie, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. We cannot make that assumption. Or we are all good people. We can't say that we are all good people because we are all in their father's house or we are all in church. There are good people and there are bad people in the father's house. In the church. There are good people and there are bad people in the father's house. Have you not heard someone say to someone, you go to church and look at your behavior? You see? Have you not heard someone say that you go to church and you are sleeping with this person? You go to church and you have done this. You go to church and how come you go to church you are not married and you have children? Do you understand? We hear that all. So in the father's house, there are good people and there are bad people. They are obedient and they are rebellious. Amen. Ask your neighbor. You see, are you a good one or a bad one? Ask your neighbor. Amen. So in the father's house, in the father's house, as we are all looking beautiful and handsome, there are good people and there are bad people. You see, surprisingly, surprisingly, in the father's house, not everyone is going to heaven. What a shock. I am really in shock to hear that, to know that. Do you understand that as we are here, we come Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, Wednesdays, Fridays, fasting, prayer meeting all night, prayer line, evangelism. As we are doing this, not all of us will go to heaven. So ask your neighbor, where will you go? Heaven or hell? I say, ask your neighbor. Where will you go? Heaven or hell? Did you get an answer? Okay. Did you get an answer or your, your neighbor didn't answer? Your neighbor didn't mind you. Okay, I'm giving you one more chance. Ask your neighbor, where will you go? Okay. Now let me ask you. Did any of you is a neighbor sitting by you who said, I'm going to hell. No one said, I'm, I, for me, I know I'm going to hell. No one said that. So we have 100% of us going to heaven. But that is not scriptural. You see, we have 100% answers that we are all going to heaven. That is why I want you to pay attention to the message. You see, this is the reason. You see, because as we ask the questions, I was asking, okay, who is, I was expecting that 50% of us will say that we are, going to, we are not going to heaven. We don't want to say that we are not going to, you are going to hell. But at least you can say that I'm not going to heaven. We didn't have anyone. That means we have 100% here in this church. Which is not scriptural. Because according to the Bible, 50% of us in the church, 50% will go to heaven and 50% will go to hell. 
But we ask the question and we have 100%. So does it mean that we can be surprised? Because we are thinking that we will go to heaven. We are assuming that we are going to heaven. But there is 50% chance, 50% of us are not going to heaven. And as of now, we don't know who. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Verse 34. It says, Two men, I tell you, in that night, it says, I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. Now, when you hear two men in one bed, that means they have a lot of things in common. They probably eat the same kind of food. They share things. They share the same bathroom. They do everything in common. If they are two men, it says, it says, the one shall be taken and the other shall be left. You see, in the father's house, there's one son that goes out, one son stays. So, it says two men, one will be taken, one will be left. That is 50%, isn't that so? Okay, now the next one, it says two women shall be grinding together, grinding together. Two women shall be singing in the choir together. Do you understand? Two men shall be doing projector together. You see, we, we don't know who. We don't know who. Right now, we don't know who. Two women grinding together. The one shall be taken and the one other left. So two women will be arranging flowers and decorating flowers and putting decorations in the house of God. I am talking about in the father's house. Two women cleaning, as arranging, making the house beautiful, and as they are grinding, as they are doing the work, one will be taken and one will be left. As of now, we don't know who. It says, two men shall be in the field. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. This is, so, so it could be two keyboardists. Somebody has secured his position. So, you see, because whatever you do, it will be one will be taken, one will be left. So if you are working with somebody, if you are working with somebody, don't think that we should be the same. Don't think that we are the same. What you are doing is what I will do. The way, because I have to do things like that I will be taken and you will be left. I am preaching the word of God to you. I say we are Christians in the church. One will be taken, one will be left. So don't join yourself to someone and say, oh, you are the one that I do this way. So what you are doing is you don't like this one, I also don't like this one. You don't talk to this one, I also don't talk to this one. One will be taken, one will be left. Is somebody understanding the word of God? That is why I'm saying that this message is not for unbelievers. We are talking about Christians. I'm preaching salvation. Your salvation as Christians. That you will not go to hell. That you will not be born again and go to hell. Amen. 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 Two 
people who are leading, you know, we are, you know how two people can lead and they are singing and then do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do do it. And then when they are singing, they are singing to them and they're smiling to each other. We are smiling, but you see, one will be taken, one will be left. Who? So you see, this, I am with this one, you know, and my buddy, buddy. My BFF. I said one will be taken and one will be left. It will be, it will be amazing. It will be amazing. There can be two pastors. What a shock. 50%. That is why you see, somebody has to leave and leave what otherwise this 50%. Two pastors. It's a serious message. It's a serious message. I'm reading the Bible to you. 50%. 50%. They must go. 50%. You see, it says two men shall be in the field. Two men are doing evangelism. They are doing evangelism. In the field, they are going for missions. You see, you will be amazed. You will be amazed. Eddie, two men evangelizing, winning souls at the same time, doing the same thing. One will be taken, one will be left. 50%. You know, the story about the 10 virgins. The story about the 10, I'm, listen, I'm talking about the 50% in the church. 50% waiting on the law. 50% invited. 50% born again Christians. One will be taken, one will be left. 10 virgins, it says there were half of them, 50% of them were foolish virgins. And 50, other 50% were wise virgins. So when the Lord of the house came, 50% out, 50% in. One will be taken, one will be left behind. One will be taken. But we don't know who. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. You see, see, when we asked that question, there was 100%. In our church, Ibn Abu, there were 100%. 100% that we are all going to heaven. But that's not scriptural. I wish it was 100%. I wish we would all be in heaven. Buddy, buddy. We are buddy, buddies. Hey! Husband and wife! Husband and wife! So if there were only two people in the church and I'm preaching to them, husband and wife, sleeping in the same bed, doing the same thing together, one will be taken. One will be left. I don't know. 
I mean in all aspects. That is why if my wife says, I don't talk to this person, I will talk to that person. Because I don't want to be the one who will be left. He said, that's my body. You know, we are together. As for us, we are together. Two people. Sleeping in the same bed. Matthew, you see, that is, you see, what, did we not say that 100% in our church? So we will be surprised. We will be surprised. Because on that day, some of us will be going and say, ah, come. You say, come, why, why you, why you, why you, look, he says, not, do we say Lord, Lord, we call on the Lord? Do we pray in the church? Do we call on Jesus Christ? I'm talking about the story about the prodigal son in the father's house, in the church. There are two types of people. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven, the will of the father, not you do the will of the pastor, not the will of your friend, not the will of your husband, not the will of your wife, not the will of your BFF, not the will of your, 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 your colleague, your co-worker, not the will of your tribe's person, but the will of God. The will of God. That is why the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, there are some of you who start off nicely. You start off nicely and you are looking unto Jesus, but you get distracted. You get distracted with a friend that you meet in the church. But in the church, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. Not everyone. Not everyone. Beloved, if you want to go to hell, then stick to your BFF. Because you'll be amazed that your BFF will be taken and you will be left. Who is your BFF? Sonia, who is your BFF? Jesus. Why you say? Say, Jesus is my BFF. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So he says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. That's it. Many, many, as much as 50%, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? You see, you don't find the alcoholic on the street prophesy in the name of Jesus. Is that what you see? Do you find prostitutes on Fordham Road prophesying in the name of Jesus? Or do you find the thief that was caught stealing from God as he is coming out and then he starts prophesying? No, who prophesies? We prophesy. We prophesy. And so he says, 
Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. In thy name, in the name of Jesus, we have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. In the name of Jesus. If unbelievers do not do wonders in the name of Jesus. We are the ones. We are the ones. We are the ones that in the name of Jesus, we send our children to come meetings. In the name of Jesus, we are not sending them to some school, YMCA something. But we are sending them to a camp. In the name of Jesus. We are the ones that in the name of Jesus, we pay airplane tickets to go for camp meetings. And in thy name, done many wonderful works. And when, and then, will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Get away from me. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. Do you understand what that means? That means that you, you see, these are people who prophesy, people who do many mighty works in the name of Jesus, people who did wonderful works in the name of Jesus, but he says they did the work of iniquity. That means they were doing the work of evil. They were doing the work of lawlessness. People who don't obey laws. People who don't obey instructions. People who are difficult to work with. People who are rebellious. You say this and they say that. As you are doing so-called mighty and wonderful works in the name of Jesus. But he's looking at you as a person who is doing the work of iniquity. That is why we'll be surprised. That is why on that day, you are going and then you see someone that is being held behind and then you say, ah! All the things you are doing, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Okay, quickly, let's do point number two and then we'll close. Point number two. So, do you understand the word of God this afternoon? Point number two. It says, rebellious youth turn away from God. The younger son gathered all together and took his journey. Rebellious youth. Rebellious youth. Young people. He says, many people turn away from God in their youth. Many people, they turn away from God when they are young. Many children follow their parents to church, grow in a church, do things in the church, until they reach a stage where they think they can decide on their own. Where they think they can make decisions on their own. He says, many young people, many youth, many people turn away from God in their youth. In their youth. It was the younger son and not the older son who took off on a tangent. It was the younger son who proudly asked his father to give him his inheritance whilst he was still alive. Many young people are prone to foolishness and destruction. Many young people are prone to foolishness. Many young people are prone to destruction. 
Many young people. Do you know why? You see, because many young people get to a stage where they think they can make decisions on their own. They reach an age where they think they can make decisions on their own. They think they know what is the right thing. You see? And unfortunately, in that state, they cut off counseling. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When they cannot make decisions on their own, they cut off counseling. And during that stage, they cut off God. They cut off God. And the scripture says that the fear of God, fearing God, is the beginning of acquiring wisdom. And so many young people at that age cut off God, and so they lose the fear of God because they cut off the counseling from their parents, they cut off the counseling from the elders, they cut off the counseling that comes from their pastors, and they lose that fear of God, and they lose wisdom, and so they set themselves on a path of destruction for the lack of wisdom. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? Or you don't understand the word of God? So you will find many young people getting destroyed in this sense. It says some people repent and become wiser as they grow older. You see, that is the greatest blessing that will happen to any person. That is the greatest blessing when you have, when you, in that stage, you have cut off counseling and then you grow as youth, you grow and then you repent. You see, when you are young, when you are young, you think you know. And so when elders are talking to you, you neglect those things. You think they are foolishness. So it becomes a great blessing when at some point in your life, you repent and then you turn back to God. But not many people do that. Not many people do that. You see, that is why I say when our children, they are getting involved in something, they are doing this, do everything you can to, you are doing them a great favor, involving them in the things of God. Do you understand? Because you would think that letting them go to school and doing summer classes and extra things is what is going to add wisdom to them. And that you will spend money for those things. You spend money for them to take extra classes. Spend money for them to see extra teachers to help them and stuff. But you see, they say that some people repent and become wiser as they grow older. That is, that is a great blessing when that happens to you. Because unfortunately, some people also persist in the foolishness of their childhood. They persist in their foolishness of their childhood. Because you see, when you lose that counseling, when you lose that counseling, when you have gone to a stage where there is no more counseling, then you lose that covering, you lose that protection, you lose that guidance. Do you understand? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 4, it says, where there is no counsel, where there is no counsel, when there is the absence of counsel, the people fall. 
I'm telling, I'm talking about counseling. When young people get counseling off their lives, they are on their way to perishing. It takes the grace of God for them to repent and then come back to a place where they can be counseled. And I'll tell you the place where they can be counseled. So when they don't do that and they grow up, then there is no counseling in their lives. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, when there is counseling flowing around you everywhere, when there are elders, experienced people, people who have gone through the age that you are going, or the age that you are about to enter, when they are all around you, and they are counseling you, they say, no left, no right, and you are insisting on right, and they say, no, 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 you can't go there, you need to go left. When they are doing that around you, this Bible says there is safety. You are guaranteed to do well. You are guaranteed to prosper. You are guaranteed to come to a better place. When there is so much counseling. And counseling, it is the thing that you will not do. It is the thing that will not occur to you. Because if I'm telling you what you know already, it will not be counseling to you. So the thing that you will not do, it is always not pleasant when someone is saying, do it. Do you understand? But in that multitude, so many of that situation, there is always safety. But when you grow up, when you grow up and you get to a certain stage in life, all of that is gone. You are left on your own. Hallelujah. You are left on your own. There are no more counselors. And there is no more counseling. You are at a very risky place and a very risky position. Hallelujah. As an older person, there are not many opportunities for counseling in your life. Have you not realized that? There are not many opportunities if you are an older person. You don't have a lot of means to receive counseling. Hallelujah. That is why, that is why the church is such a blessing in your life as a grown-up. That is why the church is such a blessing. Look, when you are old, no one counsels you. When you are old, you are left on your own. You make decisions on your own. When you are old and you do not have a church, you don't have a pastor, you are left on your own. As an older person, the church is the only place, the only blessing for you. It is the only safety zone for a grown-up. And counseling, it does not matter whether you are young or old. When it's absent in your life, you fall. I say you fall. You fall. Did you not realize that even the wisest man that ever lived, when there was no one to counsel him about what to do, don't have all these women around you, don't marry this, and he left the only one God that could counsel him, he fell. He fell. Because he was a king and no one could counsel him. That is why David survived. Because 
as a grown man and as a king, as a man who sits on the throne and gives instructions that no one could advise him, there was a pastor in his life who could counsel him. There was a pastor in his life who could tell him, no, you are wrong. You cannot sleep with someone's wife. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. You need a pastor in your life. You need a church as a grown-up. Otherwise, you will fall. You will fall. You will fall. A grown-up, you are counseled by your pastor through the powerful words of God. Through the powerful words of God all through your life. It's all through your life and in every sphere of your life. Concerning every subject in your life. Have you not realized that? Or you have not realized that? Every sphere of your life. As a grown-up. As a grown-up, you are counseled by your pastor through the word of God. Your pastor is not, it's also another human being, but through the word of God. Through the word of God. And there is no wisdom that is beyond the word of God. And so when you subject yourself to that counseling, you are on your way to safety. You are on your way to safety. But without a church, you are left on your own. Without your church, you are left on perhaps some alcoholic workers, co-workers that give you advice. When they have come on Saturdays, after Saturday, they are drunk and they are filled and they have come to work. They are the ones, without a church, that is what you have. Without a church, these are the ones that are around you. And they say, what did your wife say? Just go and drink something. What, your mother-in-law? Your mother just get drunk and say some things to her. And then, that is the type of counseling that you have. Are you marrying her or you are marrying her daughter? Why can't she talk to you like that? Just go and speak your mind. To, that is the kind of counseling that you are, you are surrounded with as a grown-up without a pastor in your life. Without a pastor. Some alcoholic co-workers. Amen. Amen. As a grown-up who is in a marriage and you are going through difficulties, if you are not in the church, if you don't have a pastor, then you are you are you are at the mercy of angry divorced aunties. Angry divorced aunties, disappointed aunties. They are your counselors. They are your counselors. Uncles who have married 15 women, had children, didn't raise them, now know their names, they are your counselors. He says, uh, why? Where is it written that every man should take care of his children? Where is it written? Show me where it's written. That is the kind of counseling. Is it by force that when you bring a child in this world, you have to take care of him? You have done your part. You have brought a child in the world. <laughs> that is the type of counseling that you are subject to. And then you go, ah. You see, you are living in the presence of your uncle. Who says you have to build a house for your children? Then what would they do in their lives? What would they do? Enjoy yourself. They tell you, chicha be them. That means get drunk and just go to bed. 
Do you understand? That is a type of counseling you are left with when you don't have a pastor in your life. When you don't have the church as a grown-up, there is no one to counsel you. There is no one to counsel you. He says, oh, your wife, your wife, she says what? Every night, headache, headache. Ah, look at that other woman. You know how many women don't have husbands? That they are begging that they are, oh, please. Ah, look at me. Look at me. Do you see why I'm always smiling? That's why. You see, that is the type of counseling they give you. And then you are sitting there, I was always wondering why you are always smiling. Now I know why you are always smiling. Foolish counseling. Don't think far type of counseling. When you don't have a pastor, when you don't, when you neglect counseling, when you neglect the counsel from the word of God, when you neglect the counsel of, as a married couple, you are left with some people, they call themselves marriage counselors with degree in philosophy and degrees in psychology. Even you philosophy, do you understand it? Psychology, they themselves, they don't even understand it. They say it can be this, it can be that. We can say this, we can say that. So we can, if you can say this and we can say that and it all works, then separate and then be yourself and get some space. And then see how things go. You see, and then you come home and say, I need space. I need space. I need space. But you need a pastor. I say you need a pastor who will counsel you with the word of God. Who will counsel you and talk to you. Sit you down and say, you cannot do that. This is what the word of God says. You need a pastor. When you feel like leaving the marriage, when you feel like I am done and I am gone, and you can feel that you are up to here, you need a pastor who will come with the word of God to say you cannot do that. And if you subject your life to that word of God, you see that you persist. You see that the marriage begins to turn. You see that, you see, you cannot understand, you cannot phantom it, but it is the word of God. It has the ability to change and to transform. That is the type of counseling that you need. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Without a church, without a pastor, without a counsel through the word of God, the people fall. They fall. Marriages fall. Everything that you need. Everything. You see that you, as a grown-up, you are deciding on a career. Who are you going to talk to? You are on your own. You are on your own. You are on your own. You see, when you are making decisions, you need counselors. You need people with wisdom. And I'm not talking about the wisdom of man. I'm talking about the unction, the wisdom that is from on high. The wisdom that is from above. That wisdom is what you need to counsel you. Whatever that you are doing. There are some people, oh, don't tell the pastor. Oh, don't tell our issue to the pastor. We just marry. Don't, and don't bring our issues out like that to the pastor. You are a fool. You are a fool. I'm telling you, you are on your way to falling down for you. are going on the cliff to fall like this. God says, I will give you pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. And stand to your feet. We will continue next time we meet.
Lord Jesus. I have thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that you include us. Let it not be said of us that we said, Lord, 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 Lord. And that you will say, I never knew you. Let it never be said of us, oh God. Let it never be said of us. Let none of us be left. Father, if there is anyone that will be left, he's not here today. If there's anyone that will be left, if there's anyone that will be half of it, they are not here today. But for us who are here today, hearing your word of God, let none of us be left. In the name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, let our focus be on you. Let our focus be on you. Let our focus always be on you. Let our eyes never depart from you. That we will make our salvation sure. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Let us be counted among the wise virgins. In the name of Jesus. We thank you Lord. That you have counted us. Among the sons that are obedient. The daughters that are obedient. We refuse to be rebellious. We refuse to be counted among the rebellious ones. We refuse to be counted among the disobedient. We thank you Father for the gift of our salvation. Help us Lord. To make our salvation sure. We thank you Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If there is anyone here. This afternoon. You are not born again. You feel very far from Christ. But tonight, this afternoon, this afternoon, you feel in your heart. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Perhaps someone invited you. You are not here by chance. You are not here by accident. Beloved, there is heaven and there is hell. These are not fantasies. They are real. And we will die to find out that indeed there is heaven and there is hell. This afternoon, if you are here and you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I want to welcome Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, quietly just lift up your right hand and say I want to receive Jesus Christ this afternoon I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life if that is your prayer if that is what you are praying you are saying I want to welcome Jesus into my life if that is your prayer lift up your hand and I will pray with you I will say a simple prayer with you God bless you I see your hand I see your hand is there anyone else anyone else I see your hand I see your hand is, I see your hand I see your hand is there anyone else you are saying pastor pastor I'm praying I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life I see that hand I see that hand oh yes you may not have this opportunity again but he says you will come like a thief you will come like a thief he come in the night like a thief when we do not expect the same day when the Noah entered into the ark, the rains began. You are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. 
if you have lifted up your hand I want you to take one bold step and just come here just join me here come here you are walking that walk it is the greatest walk you will ever walk I surrender I surrender I surrender to thee my blessed Savior I surrender You know, I feel there's one more person here. You can hear a voice. Shh, please. Just quietly, please. You can hear a still small voice. It's telling you, today is your day. I don't know what awaits you. I don't know what it is that awaits you. But I want to give you that opportunity to come forward. Come forward. You can hear a voice. A still small voice. It says, give your life to Jesus. It says, you have heard this before. You have heard this before. You have heard it before. This is not the first time. You have heard this before. This invitation may not come again. You may not have this opportunity again. I feel it in my spirit. I'm waiting for you. Come forward. Come. 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 You hear that voice. Come. Come. Walk boldly and join these ones. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Oh, yes. Giving you one more opportunity. Take that step. One more opportunity. One more opportunity. Okay. Why don't you all say with me, lift up your hand and say this after me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. This afternoon, I come before you with a heart full of repentance. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. This afternoon, I reveal myself to you. I reveal my heart to you. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me with your blood. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. I surrender all that I am unto you. Use me. I am tired of this life. Use me. Thank you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Indeed, you are the only God who giveth your son to shed his blood for us. We are thankful. Syrians ready to perish, but you turn our course. We are thankful this afternoon. We are grateful for the blood that was shed for us. We are thankful for the cross. We are grateful. Father, build a hedge around these ones. Let the enemy never have a hand in their lives. May you guide them, lead them, direct them, protect them, keep them from this world. You say the world does not know you, 
But this afternoon, your sons and your daughters, they know you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.